ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terra Master, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Dave Scott, welcome to ATV Talk. I've been chasing you for a year, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem, man. You must be really busy. I am actually pretty busy all with the COVID, everything. Everything went crazy here with the four-wheelers and all the repairs and stuff. But I'm, I might be a little shy, too. Not, I don't really feel comfortable, you know, too much on camera. But I... Well. Just think, you know, nobody's going to see this for a while. It's okay. They'll hear it. They'll hear it before they see it, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's all good. Hey, let's go back in time a little bit. Um, how did you get into ATVs? So it's actually pretty funny. When I, I moved to the town I live in now in the fifth grade, and I mean, my dad's a cowboy lived on a ranch, he trained horses, rodeoed. And that was, you know, pretty much the way I brought up. And when I was in the fifth grade, these neighbors, not neighbors in a really like a close neighborhood, but probably acre lots, you know, kind of spread out. They were, they had two Honda one tins, the two brothers, they had a, probably an 82, 81, 82, a blue one and a red one. And they'd, ride by and I'm riding my horse and doing this stuff. And I'm like, man, those things are awesome. What are those things? You know, I never seen those things before. Just cool. And then we ended up being friends and I ended up just kind of riding on the back and, you know, cruising over with them. And I never had my own, but, man, I just, it was just something about them. And just, I really just drew me to them. And, you know, like I said, I'm, my dad's like, you, you know, we ride horses. We do that. We don't do motorcycles. We don't do four wheel. We don't do three wheel. Well, back then it was three wheelers. I'm old, but <laughs> so it's kind of, it, it just kind of caught me. And I really was always interested in them, you know? That's awesome. And, and so when did you, when did you start riding your own? So when I was, I, I was the kid that since that, my neighbors had, I, I begged, I mean, every single day I wanted one so bad. And my dad had a six wheeler, you know what those are? They yeah. drive like a, like a skid steer. They have six wheels, no suspension. And it blew up in a, a, a place here that actually sells all kinds of stuff. Kind of like triggers. They had a 200 X 85. This was probably 87. And my dad traded for that because I basically, I mean, I, every day I was just bugging him for it and he, uh, he traded for it. So I ended up with that. It was supposed to be both of ours. And he wrote it one time. He said, no, no, there's, there's no way I'm riding this thing ever again. <laughs> and I started riding and then, yeah. And then it, uh, 
it didn't last too long. It was kind of horse beaten. It didn't last. And I took it to a local shop and it just never really ran again. And then I got older in high school and was kind of doing high school stuff. So I didn't really, you know, have any thing then. And then, uh, probably the year after I got out of high school, I was driving by a local place that kind of, it was actually the same place that buys and sells stuff. And, and I see a 350X out there. Well, I was the kid, young guy that looked at magazines all the time. You know, I really didn't have anything, but I would look at 250R, three-wheelers, 300, I mean, 350X, three-wheelers. It was just, you know, I just loved them. I thought it was going to be they're the greatest thing ever. So I found one and it was, it actually been crashed and bent and didn't really try to shape, but I bought it for 400 bucks my own money because that's what you did. You know, back in the day, you, 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 you did what you could. And I rode it for years, just bent up and it shook and wobbled and everything. And I just rode it every, you know, everywhere. And I had no interest in racing. I didn't really even know about racing. I just, just like to ride. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you started, Working on that machine is where you started learning how to be a mechanic. Yeah. I mean, I did a little bit. I had a, a local guy that had wrenched on stuff before helped me. And so I, I really didn't start working totally into it till. So I raced that, that three wheeler one desert race just by accident. And I did okay. I got third. There was, it was probably 1996, 97. There was a ton of ATVs there, all four wheelers. And I don't know what happened. I just, I just rode. I had no clue what I was doing. I borrowed boots, helmet. Uh, I wore just regular jeans and, you know, no gloves. And I basically just went out there and rode and wow, I got third. So I got hooked and then I got a 250R four-wheeler the next year to race the series here in New Mexico. And I raced a few races and then it blew up. So, I mean, I, you know, I was broke. I didn't have spares. I didn't have anything. I barely make it to the race. So it was then in there. I said, I have to learn how to work on this myself, or I'm never going to be able to make it racing because I can't pay someone to work on it. So that's basically how I got started. I just bought a manual and started working on my own thing. And then it just progressed from there. Well, that's pretty awesome. So when you got into uh, best in the desert, how did that all transpire? Because you raced locally. Did somebody from uh, New Mexico come and race the series or, or did you see something in the magazine? So it's funny. Cause I would just, you know, I did, I did well in, you know, New Mexico and there, there was a lot of numbers, you know, now there's not the numbers, but there's a lot of numbers and there. I'm not saying they were the world champions or anything, but there was a lot of numbers. So I did well. And I, man, I'm, so I'm just looking at dirt wheels one day just flipping through it. And I see an ad, it says terrible town, two fifty payout. I think it was 10,000 for the motorcycles, 5,000 for the quads, this and that. And I tell a local buddy, Hey, man, we got to go to this, you know, and we loaded up and went to it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. What year was that? I'm pretty sure. It was oh one two thousand one. I I think so. Terrible time to this two fifty. It might been. Uh, it might have been two thousand two. Pretty sure it was oh one though. Okay. And how'd you guys do? So we were actually doing well. We were on my two fifty R, and it wasn't built like to today's standards. It had work shocks. Um, I think I'd finally purchase some roll a arms, you know, not the kind of like the standard, uh, I can't remember what he called them. They weren't the gold wing. They were the straight. They're just the conventional plus one plus yeah, two, yeah. two plus twos or whatever. 
Exactly. So, so we were actually doing pretty well. And I, and I, um, I never forget. I got a picture actually back here on my wall that I was, I think I started first and Eichner, Doug Eichner started second. And man, I'm, you know, I'm over here with beating these guys over here and I'm, I'm Mr. Big Shot. Oh, wow. I'm doing good. And I feel good. I'm confident. And I did good, honestly, for probably five miles. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and he just came by me and waved and made me feel like the little, you know, child that I was. He, I mean, I, I had nothing for him, <laughs> but I, but it was good. And we actually, you know, we actually kept it up and, and battled hard. We were, I think, we, I honestly think we're in third place and leaving the last pit to the finish. We're in a sail bed, a bike fell. It was super dusty. And back then I was, I didn't, I was dumb and I didn't care crazy. And I just kept a pin and I actually hit a bike that was laying down. And that was in the, the race. Broke, pulled the arms off, broke the shocks. I mean, I, I couldn't even find all the pieces to the bike. Oh, God. And luckily I didn't get hurt, but that actually, I mean, obviously ended our day. And then pretty much from then on, you know, I was hooked. So just you kept coming more. back. Yeah. And then, so, you know, price, you know, uh, was always, I guess, uh, money was always kind of a struggle. So it's like we couldn't do the whole, I couldn't do the whole series. So terrible town was like the first best in the desert. So I'm going to, you know, so I made it a point for the next few years to go to that one. Plus it paid the best. So I always thought, well, I want to win one. It's going to be that one. So I can make some money. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I think I got a second and a third or something. I mean, just kind of whatever. A lot of it's just, I mean, you know, as well as I do desert racing, it's, it's, it's hanging in there. It's not always the fastest. It's just making it. So it's cool. And then I, I, this whole time I'm, I'm just working at a, just a regular eight to five job. And, but I'm working on the side of people that are racing locally because there's no mechanics around that worked on ATVs. So I got a lot of work on the side. Hey man, you know, you work on your stuff. I'll, you know, I'll pay you cause no one works on them. So I started doing stuff on the side to other people's stuff. And then I, it actually led to me just doing it on my own, my own shop because there was no one out there doing it in the area. So then I started making a little more money. Well then, and uh, I think it was six, I think oh five, I raced Parker and terrible town. I'm not even sure if terrible town raced in 05, but then in 06, we, you know, we got our stuff together and we started racing full seasons, like every race and just, you know, trying to, and then I pretty much raced that till, I think 15, you know, nine, 10 years, just racing every race. And it was definitely good times. Oh yeah. And you got to race some in Baja. Yep. Thanks to you. I gave you all the props for that. Ah, well, dude, we were racing in best in the desert together. Um, I raced the last I raced in best in the desert, I think was in 03 because then I switched over to the work series in 04. And uh, 04, 05, 06, uh, 05, no, was it 06? 06 was my last year points racing. So, oh, yeah. Or 05, one of the I remember two. seeing you at a works race on that 700, the KFX, I think, right? Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. I remember that. That was key. I went, yeah, I went to a few. I just, it was never really my thing, but I went to a few. Right. And that's cool. Uh, you know, it worked better at the time to go to work for us. You know, it just did. And uh, uh, Dave Hamill, who was the owner of the series at the time, 
uh, reached out to us and, uh, you know, asked for a little help and we started That's Why that's actually how we got into the work series was he called and said, Hey, come and come and race. And we did. And, um, you know, Doug kind of enjoyed it and I kind of enjoyed it. And so we switched from best in the desert to works. I think Doug raced some, I think Doug still raced some best in the desert. Uh, but I, I didn't anymore. I only could do the one series, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's too much, you know, but working, working full time and then, and then trying to race and prep Doug stuff on the side was, uh, was all I could do for a few years, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. It takes a lot of time and effort for sure. Any, any, any of those races. Well, I'm sure your home life changed a lot when you stopped racing. Yeah, it's, it's different. I, I mean, I miss it. I wish, and I raced actually, I raced Parker last year. Really? Um, yeah. And man, I feel like I just, just killed it. I mean, I took off, got the whole shot and I was, I checked out and I was like gone and man, this is, man, it's like, I never left. Wow. You know, and there wasn't, 30 quads in it or whatever, but about, about race mile 80, I just, just didn't have it. I couldn't do it. It's, it's actually, I don't even like talking about it really, but it, it, I just felt, it just made me feel old. I don't know. How old are you now? I still feel like I'm 47. Thanks for asking. Wow, dude, you're still a baby. <laughs> well, not to go race quads um you know doug raced up almost till he was almost 50 yeah but he's there's not many like doug for sure you know. oh that's true that's totally true i mean the guy <laughs> a phenomenal uh, uh specimen as far as genetics go when it comes to that i mean it, not all of us i mean i i, I seen him ride ride broken you know, I can barely ride in one when I'm one piece and that guy's freaking got broken parts and still killing me, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, what year was your first best in the desert championship? So that was actually easy. It was, it was 2008. It was, I, like I said, I started in 06, actually full season. Um, got a i think we got second oh seven i'm pretty sure we got second it was 2008 though me and jeremy sanchez a local guy here a local guy that actually graduated with me it kind of you know it, it's a it means a lot because i've had i've met a bunch of great people and i mean awesome partners i can people i've ridden with fast guys, cool guys, great guys. I mean, I can talk about him for hours, but he's a local guy from our little town that no one knows about and no one cares about. And we actually did it in 2008 and it, it's pretty damn cool. And it was the first one. And you and Jeremy are probably when you don't talk for a while, when you do finally see each other, it's like you never were apart. Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk a lot. We, I, we do keep in touch, but we could definitely just pick up where we left off, you know, Hey, and we laugh and talk about, you know, I mean, I, we, he raced Baja with us. You know that, I mean, I don't have to tell you that, but he raced, he raced Baja and everything. He's a great guy, good person, good dad, great writer. He just from over here with me that, you know, you don't get a lot of opportunities or nobody knows your name. Uh, it just, it's good time. I'm proud of that. These two little, you know, dipshits from Belen, New Mexico actually pulled off a best of the desert title in 2008 when it was highly contested. I think, well, I mean, I'll never forget that year when we went. I believe you won the that? title at blue water on the final round. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I was there. Yeah, we were. I was there with Craig Christie and everybody. And I'll I'll never forget. And this, I'm, you know, this is cool because 
the last round we raced and we raced against, we went against Wayne Matlock for a few years there when he was, he was killing it. I mean, he was factory Honda and I mean, he's still killing it in the side by side, but on the quad, he was killing it. And, you know, it was a proud moment when we won that championship, when we crossed the line, he actually beat us in the race, but we had to get a certain place to, to win the championship. So we came in, I think, next behind him or I think he, got he actually pulled. Yeah. I think he, he pulled his number one plate, the sticker off his quad and put it on ours. And I mean, I, I feel like we're good friends now. We weren't great friends then he knew where I was. I knew who he was, but it was a, it was, it was cool, man. It, it's a, it was a proud moment for me and Jeremy that, that he did. I mean, he's, he's a stand up guy, good guy for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a Baja legend, really. I mean, Oh yeah. I mean, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could get him to come on the show, but there, if you look, if you follow them on social media at all, they're, they're just go, 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 go. Yeah. They don't have a minute to spare. I'm surprised they even ever make it home. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. It it, it was pretty awesome. I, I told somebody one time, that, that I raced against Matlock and, and when I raced against him, you know, granted we weren't, uh, we were bouncing in that third, fourth spot, Alan and I, Alan White and I, yes, two seasons. I mean, we, we got uh third one year and fourth one year, you know, and, and, <clears throat> and we just bounced in that spot right there because the year that we were, the two years that I was racing pro, in the pro class, uh, it was either Eichner or Stevenson, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a pretty, pretty fast company. Those two guys. For sure. Oh yeah. I mean, you go back and start, think Grunlin and Stewart and yeah. Matlock and, uh, you know, Beelman was in there and um, I know I'm forgetting three or four people or five people. I mean, and I'm sorry, but uh, it, yes, <sighs> it was stacked. I mean, any of those guys could win. Exactly. Uh, um, the uh, one year you were probably there. Um, they roll through pit one, and there's five guys, five quads within less than a minute of each other through pit one. Yeah. I think I remember hearing about that. I was probably behind. I was probably the fifth quad about a minute behind, but, but I do remember hearing about that, you know, unbelievable, you know, and, and they're just on the ragged edge. They're just on it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's life or death. Like there's no, like, I mean, this is, this is serious. Well, most people don't realize that desert racing started out as a, pit to pit race where you just got to the pit. Once you made it there, you did what you needed to do to the machine and then went to the next pit and then went to the next pit and then went to the next pit. And, and it was survival of the, of the fittest. And yes. as you rolled through the eighties and the nineties, you started learning things. Machines got better. Mechanics got better. You know, the, the, everything evolved, but now it is a sprint to the next gas station. You know, you're yes. not, you're not, uh, you're not messing around. And if you got to work on it, you, you're done. Yeah. You have no chance. You better and, put and then, gas and that's it. Exactly. Well, then you got hooked up with Danny and roll. Well, yes. I jumped over. Sorry. You hooked up with Craig Christie. Yes. Based in Baja for a number of years. Yes. And what, what it was 2012 was the last year. I, I raced. And I know it's crazy. Cause I don't remember this, but it's been a while. I think I raced one race in 13, but 12 was the last I raced uh, on another team in 13, but with Craig Christie, I think 12 was it. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the last year. Yeah. And, and, you were still racing with Danny. I don't know what year you guys hooked up together. So we, 
I believe it was 2011 when me and Danny got hooked up. I think so. And then we went to, I think, so I know we went, I think we won four straight, me and Danny, best in the desert. Um, so I think it was 14 or 15 when, when we stopped, he had a crash and broke his wrist and that kind of, you know, we're, we're just regular guys with families and stuff. And when that stuff happens, it makes you, you know, think like, Hey, these kids are relying on me and this is crazy, but it's just an addiction. You know, it's like, it's like anything, you know, I mean, you yep. race, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was never smart enough to, st- I didn't stop because of children. I stopped because of uh, work. Yeah. And, and, and I well, stopped me neither. I, I, I was never as good a rider as you guys. I was always a better mechanic. I was always better to work on the bike than, than ride it. Um, and Eichner, the, the works was getting competitive. We needed more focus on the machine, needed a better pit system. So, uh, since we raced at the same time, I needed to step away and work on the machine versus, you know, yeah, be the rider, you know, and then that, well, and that was great. I mean, I, I trust me, I love being a race mechanic and, and taking care of you guys. I mean, I got a lot of great feedback from you and Andy Lagston, um, on building Craig Christie's quads. I mean, you guys were, you guys were a godsend to the program. You know, I'm not taking anything away from Craig, his logistics and the way that he laid the plans out were always awesome. Um, Oh yeah. It was unmatched for sure. Oh, dude, that guy would go down there and race. <laughs> two weeks. He'd go down and pre-run for two weeks or so. And they had Google maps and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's just, you know. Oh yeah. I'd, I would show up cause I couldn't take off, you know, be away that long and I'd show up and he'd have, Hey, this is your section. And I mean, he'd have it mapped out basically. I, I mean, of course I got a pre-ride, but he had it figured out because he pre- pre-ran my section four times and his 10. So he knew yeah. everything. And, and, you know, I don't really, I don't blame him at all. And it was awesome because, because I guess blame is not the right word, but the pre-running in down in Mexico is pretty much, you know, it's so fun. It's just the funnest thing. It's just good times and the stuff you see and the people you run on to and you're in the middle of nowhere and you just see this, you know, a village or these people that, you know, I don't know. It's just everyone that's ever raced down there knows what I'm talking about. It's, it's a cool place. I got to race I, that I one. Best of the, days. I got to race that one best of the desert race that you were down there with. Yeah. The 300. Yep. Yeah. That's the only time I raced in Mexico as a rider, you know, being a chase. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> but you know, chase guy, you, you get the feel too. I mean, it's cool to, ride or be out and be starving, just driving somewhere and get some tacos and hang out, maybe a Tecate or some, maybe a soda. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's different for sure. When the year we went to Cabo, I don't know if you were on the team yet, but we are, the race starts and the bike's gone and, Craig drives up to this little bitty shack and we go in and have breakfast. That, that was, I, that was 07. I think when I rode, cause remember he broke his collarbone. Remember that's the reason I went because he broke okay. his collarbone. That was 07. I went to Cabo and you called me like two weeks before, Hey man, get you want to race. And so the reason was, I think Craig had crashed pre-running and I think he broke his collarbone. But didn't you ride it? You rode only the top. Right. So I rode, I rode, uh, the start to like 150, which was, uh, man, I can't even think of the name of the town, now, uh, Valley T. And then I rode from Bay of LA to, I can't remember the town, but another like 200 miles. And I got, I got done about five in the morning, I think. And that was my first ball experience. It was pretty scary. And you guys turned around and came home. Yes. And we went to the yes. bottom and we hit a cow. We went to Cabo. 
Yeah, we hit a cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a, yep. a whole freaking a whole experience. I mean, yeah, I remember that was so awesome. But when you're out there racing, we were sitting in this little bitty hut having breakfast. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I know you're like uh, like me in, in that regard. So every race every day, if I'm in the truck, I mean I've always race but i mean i'm freaking out like let's get to the next bit oh we got to hurry go punch or whatever and if i'm sure you're stressing out because you were you're at the bikes you know the team's racing and you guys are just kicking back eating but he knew that there was hours before you would see me on the bike right so you so he knows that and i i, I mean i don't know i'm speaking for you but i feel like you you probably, you know, you're probably like me, like, oh my God, Greg, we gotta go. What the heck? We gotta go. You know, the bike's coming or, you know, but in reality, it was, you should have four hours before you see me. Right. And, and once I started driving my own truck, I didn't stop. I didn't do any of that stuff. I just went to the pits and waited, you know, and we started getting radios, but no, the, the, the hardest thing about chasing in Mexico is the waiting yes like you said you you hauled ass you didn't stop and then you got to the place you were supposed to be and you waited three hours for the bike to show up and it, <laughs> it's crazy oh uh, yeah uh, and and there's just no reason i could have stopped and had a soda or whatever you know yeah Un- unbelievable dude i'm Un- totally unbelievable um, I, I, I remember, I remember some of that. It, it, it was the craziest, stressfulest time. Um, and I would have to say the most dangerous as far as chasing goes. Oh yeah. And, and writing probably. I don't know about that. I, when I raced that race, other than being scared of the booby traps, uh, for no reason, you know, I mean, that race didn't have any, um, you, you had to take chances more on the 250 and the 500, you know, because they yeah. were, I couldn't make every pit on a 500, but the only pit I didn't make on the 250 was the remote pit. That's the only oh, pit yeah. I didn't make, you know? I just felt like, and, and it, it's crazy because it, it actually, that's part of the reason I loved it so much is if you crash, you're in trouble. I mean, you just are, it's not the same as if you crash here and you know, you gotta be really careful about traffic, other stuff coming at you on the course and then the booby traps, but the booby traps never really bothered me too much. I mean, there was, I definitely hit some, but the first thing anybody tells you when you go to Baja is, Hey, if you see a bunch of people standing around something, you know, it's a booby trap. So then you just slow down and they all cheer. What you know, you do your thing or what? It's it's no big deal. The, but I was fortunate to never. I crashed one time and I went to the hospital and, you know, long story short, I probably had they probably did like three thousand dollars of work that would cost here, and I'll never forget this. It cost me ten dollars over there. That's what, that's what I paid to leave. And it was just, uh, just, a arm. I fell my arm and just had a, like a, my elbow was messed, you know, no big deal really, but you know how everything costs here. And I just, you know, one of Craig's guys took me, he spoke Spanish and we did our thing. And I'm thinking, man, it's going to be 1500, 2000, 2500. They did x-rays. They did this. They did all this stuff to me. And it was $10. It's crazy. Um, but I just never, you know, I feel and you, and I'm sure anybody that's around the sport, they, you hear the stories, you know, some of so-and-so got hurt and they got, you know, all this bad stuff there. I just never, I mean, like anybody never wanted to get really hurt bad down there and have to deal with it or have my family deal with it. And I never did knock on wood. And it was always a great time, you know, you were pretty fortunate and best in the desert from, from the way I remember it as well, too. Yeah, I got lucky when I first started the local races. I crashed a lot. It was, 
I, there's just something that I guess is still in me somewhere, but I just, if I, I, I don't know what it was. I, I just had to be in the lead. Like I wanted no matter what, you know, and I learned that about racing and about desert racing and, you know, taking your time and picking your moment and picking your, you know, people have trouble and it's a long race and all that stuff. But back when I started, I did, I had no clue about that. So, so I crashed, I had some decent crashes locally when I was younger, but I learned quick, you know, if you, if you crash enough, you learn what, uh, you know, riding over your head and stuff like that. So lived it. When did your wife come into the picture with the racing? So I, um, I actually met my wife in like 95. So she was before me. I mean, I, I actually rode some horses and did some stuff for my dad that, I mean, when she met me, I was a cowboy, you know, I did, I did that kind of stuff. Um, I would just, just one time with a bunch of friends that we used to hang out and be stupid together. Everybody had banshees, you know, everybody had banshees and I had a three fifty X and we'd just go be crazy. And he, and they would, uh, they'd always want to drag race. So I couldn't drag race with them. So I'd just go find a, you know, cliff to climb or a, a gap to jump or something on a three fifty X just to shut these guys up. So they wouldn't, talk crap because their banshees were faster. So anyways, I know I got off subject, but so I met my wife and we're together. We were together when I went to my, I mean, I just had a three wheeler, just cruise through or she had a 200 X three wheeler, 86. We just cruised around. And well, some buddies of mine, we were in a single cab pickup, four of us and a flatbed trailer went to El Paso, Texas to the first race. I had a three wheeler. They all had banshees and, Actually, uh, two Advanches, one had an LTR 250, I mean, an LT 250, and uh, I had the 350X, and we went down there, and I, I kind of got hooked, and she's she's been with me the whole journey. I mean, in, in probably 2002, uh, she got a, well, in 99, we, she got a 400X, you know, the first year they came out. Um, and, and then we were trying to push the, so then I, we were trying to push the, the New Mexico quad racing deal. So we pushed the promoter to get, you know, a bunch of different classes, women's class. We had the women's class. She, she got in there and she was the 40 X and she killed it, man. She, she, the, the women's class would be would start dead last and she would pass most of the time she'd pass all the way up to, to the back of the pros, you know, novice amateur. Sometimes she would battle with a couple of the amateur riders and she's coming through the dust through the back. And then, um, she got Oh five, four Oh five, four fifty. We, we built it and it's kind of hard for her to, to, to kickstart, you know, and then, when 06s came out, we got like the first 06 that was in in the state. We built that. And when once she got that 06, uh, she killed it. I mean, guys were terrified of her. <laughs> I mean, the top, you know, the top pro guys, but I would put her up against a lot of girls. I mean, I know there's a lot of fast girls. I'm not acting like that, but she was she did great. She did really, really good. And and then in uh right after that year, she got pregnant. My daughter was born in 07 and that was the end of that. I mean, no more racing for her. It, by her choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, 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 she liked it, loved it, but you know, I mean, it was just, she had a baby. That's, that was her world from now on, you know, and it's, it's mine too, but it's just different. You know, how it is. Oh, I totally get it. Totally get it. That, that's pretty awesome. So your daughter is now, uh, how old? She's 14. 
Oh man, I'm so I feel I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. But she's a good girl. She's awesome. She's like an excellent, awesome softball player. She's really she's a hard worker. She's straight A student. I I mean, she's awesome. That's, Hopefully she stays that way. That's good. My baby girl played softball too. Yeah, it's a cool sport. I never knew anything about it till she started playing, but it's it's a cool sport. Yeah, I ended up coaching and, and never played a never played an inning. Oh yeah. I help uh she has a club team that I helped uh, the coach is really knowledgeable, so I kinda help help her out a little bit, but kind of the same thing. I guess I probably I'd probably stress her out, but I just, you know, want to help out, be involved, whatever. Right. So she's ninth grade, tenth grade, ninth grade. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and it's funny. I you were we were talking about some earlier, and it made me think when she was. So she was born, and this is people probably say I'm crazy, but she was born in '07. She was born August 14th, and her due date. Uh, I'm pretty sure that your Vegas Arena was August 18th. <laughs> And I'm stressing. I'm like, oh my gosh, Reg. Because I, I can't leave to go race if she's not born yet, you know? So I am just freaking out and everything. So finally she was born and it was 20, I mean, it was uh, 2007, August 14th. And, you know, she was four days old, I think, three days old. And then, or, and you're yeah, because I think it was 18. Yep. So I had everything ready and I, I went, you know, we took off and raced and I got, I cut a little shit, you know, especially from the girls, other, you know, her friends and stuff. What the hell's wrong with you? The baby, you know, three years old, you know, I mean, three days old and here you guys go. What the hell's wrong with you? Hey, you know, that's funny. My, my mom and dad had my brother and I, at the track when we were newbies. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. You had no chance. It was, it was in there. Yeah. After, after living at the track, you, you were uh, destined to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably couldn't even count how many races or racetracks that I've been to. I mean, I just couldn't do it. I mean, it, you, you figure, I raced my first race when I was four years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I haven't raced since, um, I don't think I've raced since 15 or 16. I rode a motorcycle at works. Oh yeah. You know, how was that? Oh, it's fun. I love, I love riding, but I don't love riding as much anymore. I physically, I physically can't do it. I mean, my arm is so bad. Um, yeah, I'm kind of that way too. It, 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 you know, I don't talk about it a lot, but you know, when you do certain things, it hurts and to go pound out moto, maybe if I practiced gradually and got, got the small muscles better, it would be okay. But to just go do it cold. Yeah. I'd probably be two or three days before my arm would start working again. Let's see. My problem is, is it seems like the more I practice, the worse it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm stuck kind of there. And I, I mean, I, man, if you asked me 10 years ago, I said, I will be riding every weekend, riding, not racing, but till the day I die, you know, and riding hard. And it, it's just, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat and it's, it hurts. And if I, I still ride some, but if I ride hard, like I want, cause I still feel like I can go decently fast and, but I, it makes me hurt for a few days for sure. Well, when we go, to, when I go test, um, it's a totally different thing because you're getting a feel for the bike. You're, 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 you're doing things that aren't necessarily hard pound riding. So I don't have too many problems with that, but to go out and race or to go out and put in a really hard moto. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't. Yeah. Know. It's, yeah. It's different for sure. Right. 
riding a mountain bike downhill is if I do it all the time is really good for my shoulder. But, um, if you go just once in a while, it's yeah, you just get to where the, 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 the right hand grip. And that's why I quit racing works mainly, or one of the reasons is that right hand would go like asleep and that's your throttle hand and it would just keep falling off. And I'm just like, oh, this is kind of a bad thing. Yeah. This thing isn't the great thing. The greatest thing ever. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's still for the love of the support. I still love it. I still, I love being a fan and, and working on machines and building them. I mean, now that's, that's where it comes for me is, is you spend time. Like when we get done talking here, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out in the shop and I'm going to, you know, finish working on a machine and, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just what we do, you know, right. You, you, Oh yeah. You got to it. It's so time consuming. People don't understand how, how much time it takes to actually prep one and get it ready for, for races or stuff, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, one thing prepping it for yourself. It's a totally different thing when you're prepping it for somebody else. Yeah. Yep. You, you know, I mean, not, I'm not saying we, I would let things go if I was riding it, but I might not grease those bushings this ride. Yeah. Wait till next. Cause it's 99% is going to be okay if you right. don't, but the, the 1% if someone's counting on you, then, you know, it's not cool. I mean, somebody might think this is crazy, but if you do a frame up build for a desert bike or an, or a off-road machine, that's going to get wear and tear. You could get 60 hours in that thing in a heartbeat. Easy, easy. People have no clue what it really takes to do it right. It, yeah. And it's always that last year done, you're all done. And then you take it all apart and work on it more because you weren't done. <laughs> yeah. Little detail. You here. don't know what there. Yeah. When we're racing, you know, when we're racing, I, I, for the most part, I did everything myself and, and the, it was like, I was never done. I, I, I mean, I could be, six months before a race, I'm going, I'm doing this, this, and this, and the bike's done. And it's still, you know, you're in Vegas or Parker or something, and you're still working on the bike and the bike's been done for months, but it's, it's just, it's never, never done. And it just feels like you're never totally done. Like, okay, I'm good. I can rest, you know, never, even during the race. Exactly. There's always that thing you're thinking about that thing, you know? Yep. And you get done with the race and it was perfect, but you still were thinking about it. Yeah. And then it's start over. Right. So what, what's your <laughs> favorite race? Favorite ever? Yeah. That, that That's a tough race. I I have to... I have to say a few. Um, there's there was a race in New Mexico. It's called the Tarantula 100. It was the first race I did on my 250R four wheeler. I always loved the race. I raced it for years. It was just something about it. It was just cool. The race was cool. Um, I always liked. And I still do to this day, Parker, just something about the town, the river's right there, the track, you know, old school Parker 400 back in the day, everybody raced. It was awesome. It's great. And, you know, who, who doesn't say that Ball 1000 is, you know, the Super Bowl. It's, it's awesomest thing ever. It's the scariest thing ever did probably, but the coolest thing I ever did too. Um, I, I, I just really can't pick the 500. I think is a, the Baja 500 is a, is probably just strictly with no, 
nostalgia or anything. It's probably the funnest. I mean, Baja, you're still in Baja. It's 500. You get, you know, you're not up for 45 hours. And like you said, chasing and crazy and stuck out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of, you know, in the middle of the night in the dark, but you're still Baja. Baja 500 is great. And then, see, I just keep naming them. I mean, even San Felipe 250, that I always seem like I did well. And I don't know exactly why I can't explain it. I just said endurance. And I, the place where I practiced always had a bunch of whoops. So I did, I did good and seemed like I did, did good whoops. And I like whoops and rough terrain. And that was, that was San Felipe. So I like that too. So I, I know that's a crazy answer, but. Yeah, I pretty much just like the race, and I liked them all. Most memorable finish could be win, could be a third place. Uh, I had a, a bunch. I mean, with Craig, you know, Baja one thousand, you know, finishing, you know, not. You're saying memorable finish, not experience. Well, yeah. I mean, whatever you want to, whatever you want to categorize it as it's, it's your memory, man. <sighs> memorable finish was probably, um, man, I, I mean, I had a bunch. They're awesome. You know, just the battle with the other guys and stuff. I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, just coming in as, as just nobodies and all the big dogs were there in 2008, you know, we're just, you know, I'm sure people said, who are these guys? You know, these guys in Jeremy, the hell are they, they should be racing the other class. Who the hell are these guys? And actually winning the championship. That was cool. Cause there was a lot of fast fast, fast guys, you know, um, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, you could name five different Baja races that were like the craziest thing ever, you know, probably my first one. Cause it was my first one that we talked about the first ride went great. I took off in the morning. I went to the wash. I went, Man, I was screaming. I'm like, man, my you know, my dream came true. I'm racing Baja. This is the greatest thing ever. And I'll never forget uh Craig had this uh sheet printed out of what we're gonna ride. And when I got there, I didn't know anybody except for you. And I got there and I pre-ran the start because I got there like the day before. Well, Craig had me riding, I think from I can't remember if it was 600 to 750 or 500 from 500, maybe to 700. I'm not sure the exact miles, but he had me writing. He had it all written out. So he had me writing the, the start and getting off and then writing that, that later section. Well, that section was down uh, to Bay of LA that, you know, we didn't get to pre-ride or pre-run. And so I remember asking him, Hey man, uh, you know, I've never raced in the dark. I mean, I'm not, you know, no way am I bragging, but Vegas Torino, we never raced in the dark. We made it before dark and you know, that was it. So he goes, no, no, you're, when you, when you get done with your ride, it'll be getting dark. So you're good. You're good. So I said, okay. And I remember talking about it. I said, Hey, you know, when, when are the trucks going to catch us? I'll, I'll, I've never been caught by a trophy truck and I'm a little scared. No, no, don't, don't worry. You, you won't get caught by the trucks. You're going to be in the, in the daylight and no trucks. After you get off, there's going to be darkness and trucks. Okay. I'm good. So we take off and it was the funnest time ever. And it was, it was actually you, it was me, you, Bo and Craig and the Hummer. And I got off at Valley T and we took the crossover road over to uh, highway one to the, to the coast. I don't know if you remember that. I do. I do. And, and we rode down and then I met up with my dad and my brother in my truck. And we went to, to, uh, Bay of LA to get on the bike. 
So we get there at, you know, two in the afternoon and I'm, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm just naive. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm thinking, well, the bike's going to be here in any second. So I'm ready to go. I'm pumped. And here comes this, that and bikes and this and that, and just here, everybody's coming. So all of a sudden it's eight o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, here I go. Never rode at night. I don't know what's going on. Here comes trophy trucks. And I mean, they're going through, I mean, especially back then, there's no speed limit. They're going sideways through town. I'm full on screaming 100 miles an hour through town. So we're still waiting. And I'm trying to, I don't have phone service. I don't have radio service. I'm trying, you know, I, it's now it's 10 o'clock. And it's just mayhem. People, the locals are partying. Everybody's having a great time. Trophy chuck sideways. And I'm, I am the scaredest as I've probably ever been. <laughs> so finally, it was like 11 o'clock. Here comes the bike. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So right as I'm getting on, a local guy comes to me and he says, hey, be careful, like in broken English, you know, not, not didn't speak good English, but there's, he said something about crazy guys and they dug a bunch of holes up on the track. So I take off, never ridden at night. I mean, really never ridden, tried to go fast at night. Right. And never been caught by truck. So I take off and it's good for a while, you know, and it's fine. And I get used to it. And I'm, I'm clipping along pretty good. Cause there's some about, you know, that there's some about night riding that you kind of just focus on where you're going and you, it makes you ride. You could just kind of ride, you know, makes you ride faster. So I'm, I'm going through there and I'm thinking, man, I've been out here for a while, the time, and you know, it's gotta be one or two in the morning. And I'll never forget. I'm kind of climbing up this, up on this mountain top thing. And, I'm looking around and, and there's nothing. There's not a light anywhere I could see. I mean, there's not a hint of light. It's pitch black. So were you lost? No, but we were far enough behind that. It wasn't, everybody was, I mean, it was 700 miles in. So everybody wasn't bunched up, you know, and then we were behind and so I'm, I remember Jason Wade, you know, Jason Wade, he, he had told me, Hey, you'll see the lights behind you of a trophy truck. And then, you know, you know, to, to pull over and let him buy. So I got to use the bathroom bad. I got to take a leak. And here comes here. I start seeing lights and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till this guy gets closer. I'm going to stop real quick and then I'm going to let him buy anyway. So I'm going to take a leak. So he goes by, I pull over, I jump off the bike, I leave it running because I don't know if you remember, but it, we had that single uh, HID, we had no battery. And it was right. the bike, yes. So I get off and I do my business. And I'm, as I'm doing it, I look around and it, like I said, it's pitch black and as far as you can see, there is not a hint of light anywhere, except for the truck that passed me. And I get ready and I get done and I get this eerie feeling. And I, so I kind of panic. And I, when I jump on the bike, I kill the bike. So I'm really panicking and it won't start. And I'm really starting to freak out. And finally I get it started. And I, as soon as I get it started, the light comes on and there's two guys running at me. Uh, you know, and they're probably 20 feet away from me. And I just knew they were coming to, you know, hijack me. And <laughs> I mean, how did, where did they come from? I have no clue where they come from. And maybe looking back now that I raced there, they're probably just coming to help me. You know, I don't know. But I just remember I took out of there like bat out of hill and I never stopped again. I mean, you know, <laughs> never stopped, never nothing. And got to the, to the pit where you guys were and, and it's 
it's funny because we were way down there. Like I said, never been in Mexico, never, never raced in dark, never raced with trucks. And we did a big pit there. So I don't know if you remember that we pulled it in. I think it was Steve Abrego's trailer. Yeah. We ran a trailer. We changed tires, air filter, all kinds of stuff. We just went crazy and everybody's this and it just all this stuff. And, and my, it was, you know, my dad and my brother needed, and I, I did too. They needed to get back. I mean, we were gone. I mean, just to get over there takes a long time, you know? So you guys all left to keep racing and all of a sudden we're just alone there. And it was just a weird feeling. And my dad and my brother were totally shot because we had been up since when four in the morning the day before. Right. So it's, it's two in the morning the next day. I mean, we've all been up 23 hours. I remember we, I, my dad's like, I can't drive. My brother's asleep. I was scared to sleep. You know, you hear all these stories. We didn't know nothing about Mexico. You're scared to sleep anywhere. So we took off, drove back to, uh, it's where the, I think it's actually the state changes. It's not, it's, it's yeah. Where they spray that you stuff. Know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They, they spray yeah, the stuff yeah. truck and all that. Where the, where the line is. So yeah. I pulled up there and it was probably four in the morning. And the guy says, if I had a visa, and of course I didn't. So. I got down and I paid. It was no big deal, 10 bucks or something. And I remember trying to talk half Spanish to him. If we could, I told him, I'm tired. I can't drive anymore. Can I, cause I was, I barely made it there, you know, and it was fog and you know how it is over there, the fog and it's just crazy. And he said, yeah. So we just pulled over there at, at that line where all the, you know, where the station was or whatever you call it, the, you know, where our, the cops were and everything and we we crashed out so at least you know we definitely felt safe there and it was cool but you know i always tell people because people you know they never you know people always say oh you're crazy going over they they're people are crazy you're this you know it's like here there's crazy people here too i i've had the best experiences ever there no one's ever i've never felt uncomfortable or anything crazy yeah people are just there they're nice they're they just want to help and, you know, teach you good. And it, it was, I had great times there. I, I always wish I want to, I just want to take my family sometime just to show them, you know, and just to check it out. But I, I always say, I want my kids to get bigger, kind of make, you know, just, you you never know for sure, but it's great times. I, I appreciate that. I, I definitely owe you for that. I owe Craig, Steve Abrego. I mean, it just, it was, a lot of fun races, good times for sure. Oh, it was awesome. Love it. Miss, miss it. You know, I really do because we had a great time. Yes. Yeah. yeah but I, I keep telling myself, I mean, I did for years. I mean, even now, you know, just one more time. I just want to race one more time. You know, I raced Parker last year, kind of that. It was, it was a blast. I had fun and I just, I just, you know, I'll settle for going to pre-running, you know, let's go pre-run one more time. Something. Well, Craig does it in a truck now. I know that, that guy. <laughs> hey, he has a ball, doesn't he? Oh yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Dave, I want to thank you so much for coming on ATV talk. I know that you're a real, little reluctant in the beginning, but you seem to warm up and enjoy the conversation. And, and that's what's most important. And I wanted to get your story out there because you are a multi-time champion in best in the desert. Um, whether you were right or a record or just uh, the second guy on the team, but you were also a champion in Baja with Craig. Yep. I appreciate you having me. And I, uh, I've never been one to, you know, it wasn't really about the, the wins. I am super competitive and stuff. It's more, I guess, about the experience. I I'm more proud of just, I guess not proud, but happy of, of the experiences. I mean, I, I, I experienced a lot doing races. I met a lot of great people, a lot of cool people that I, you know, you would never meet never 
me and you would have never known each other, you know? Right. Uh, and it, it just, it just opened a door to just a different world for me. And, and I just, I appreciate everything that, that I got to experience and everything. And I just, I do have that little bit of drive in me that wants to win. Don't, don't like to lose or, and would push me, but you know, anybody that's doing anything that that's your goal, you're not just doing it to just to do it. You want to be good at it. So I, I never, you know, I never act like, or tell anybody or, you know, my wife's always on me. You know, I, I don't brag. I don't, I'm not saying I'm good. I'm like, I just had a good time. I met some awesome people and that's really it. You know, I just, it was a good time well, and I did my best. That's what it's always about. And you've always been a good friend and I appreciate that. I, I do appreciate you inviting me on and I definitely had a good time and I look forward to the next time. All right, brother. You have a great night, man. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.